If this were 2018, Easter would be this week. If this were a year ago, it would be this week, yes. Yeah, Easter was April 1st last year. I told the people who were in RCIA last year, because the whole first year after you join the church is the neophyte year. Yeah. and But it's not a 52-week year. It's until the Easter of the following year. Oh. So they get 55 weeks get of, of neophyteness. It's kind of cool. I, I, as we've been kind of getting all the plans together for Holy Week and Easter, I feel behind, but we still have a whole month. It's just every year it shifts one yes. way or another. By the way, perhaps we, we started in the middle of the conversation. Hello out there. This is Father Herb, and across the table from me is... This is Michael Puvis. Michael. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. It's, uh, and this is 23 Podcast number 84. 96. Is it really? Yeah, we are getting there. We're going to celebrate 100. The big one zero zero. What's going to hit 100 first, the podcast or your birthdays? Uh, I think Easter's going to come before <laughs> the podcast. A hundred, uh, my, my 100th birthday? Yeah, when will that be? Uh, a few years down the road. I was born in 47, 1947. So 2047. Correct. We're going to have the biggest party of the century. That would be a great one if I'm still podcasting. <laughs> oh, the technology will change. <laughs> we'll be holograms in people's living rooms. Yes. Hey, I want to ask you a very important question, though, and it does pertain to the scripture of the Sunday. Sure. This is going. To, this is the fourth Sunday of, of Lent. Okay. And you think I'm going to ask, what's the fourth Sunday of Lent called? But that's not, and I would say Laetare Sunday. Yeah, but that's not the question I'm going to ask you. Okay. Well, the then question I'm, I'm going to ask you is... When you were growing up, did you get new clothes for Easter? Was, Not that I remember. Was that I'm, still a tradition? Jelly beans, yes. No, but new chocolate, cl- yes. But new clothes, new clothes. No, I don't. New think clothes so. for Easter was a tradition at the the Bible study Tuesday morning. This morning, I asked the people. I said, "How many of you remember buying new clothes for Easter?" And the majority of the people, especially the women, raised their hand. Yeah, it was the. Of course, there were put on your Easter bonnet. Uh, there was that kind of thing. I can honestly say I've never worn an Easter bonnet. No, you haven't. No. But th- they would often buy new clothes for Easter, but even kids would get new Easter clothes. You would dress up in your finest for Easter. Well, this is great. It is great. But then my second question is, how many of you buy new clothes for Easter now? And almost no hands went up. None of them? Right. But I can remember the first few years after I was ordained a priest, yeah. I would always make sure I wore something new for Easter Sunday. Even if it was a new pair of socks? A new pair of black pants? Uh, well, you can't tell the difference. <laughs> put in a different collar than normal? Yeah, I don't know. I would buy something new. That's I, good. I got out of the practice, but I, maybe this year I will. That's exciting. Well, I think there's a lot to say. My men's group, our disciple group, has been talking about this a lot, about like how we dress for Mass and like how we prepare ourselves for Mass during the week. So I think having something new for Easter could oh, okay. be... Okay, I'm going to take it a little bit deeper than just how you dress for Mass. I'm referencing this to the second reading today for Sunday. You're always taking it just a little bit deeper. That's my job. That's true. Okay. Paul's letter, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. Da-dum. That's it. The new creation. That's why you would have new clothes. Well, it doesn't say new clothes. It says new creation. Yeah, I know, but it's symbolic. So this reading is brought to you, brought to you by the gap. (laughs) (laughs) Did they have the gap? The gap was the empty tomb. Well, the gap was in Exodus. Moses crossed over the sea when, when he parted it. Oh yeah. (laughs) That that was the gap in the Bible. Yeah. 
Well, anyhow, so that is the 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 connection I'm making. All right, so here's the challenge. We're let's both of us commit. We'll try to wear something new on Easter this year. Yes. Okay. All right. Deal. It's a deal. Okay. And those of you that are listening. Let's, you, you have to check it out to see what we're wearing. We'll have a, no, let's have a secret club, a secret podcast club. Everybody that's listening to the podcast, the challenge is wear something new for Easter. Oh, that'd be good. That I good? thought you were going to just ask them to see if they could guess what we were wearing new. Well, <laughs> for you, if it's like an elb, that would be very hard to tell. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of layers on. I'm going to have layers on, but I, I probably be something that they're not going to, you know, like... One pair of black socks looks like another pair of black socks. How could they tell the difference? Well, it depends how much lint is stuck to it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> how many holes there are in it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I have to say, uh, Father and I just had a, about an hour, hour and a half to sit down today and, and really start to hash out Holy Week at our new church. And it's going to be so exciting for the first time to celebrate the Triduum in this sacred space. I think it, it's, it's just going to be really, really cool. Yeah. Mystical, holy, beautiful. And, and we actually, and this may sound bad the way I'm going to say it, but I mean it correctly. We have to choreograph what we're doing, especially at the Easter vigil, like sure. where we walk, you know, from the altar to the baptismal font, to the altar, right? How I sprinkle the people, uh, we have some baptisms to take place in the new baptismal font. Right. Adult and not, baptisms. And not to be missed, your tap dance solo in the middle of the homily. <laughs> I can't wait to see the choreography. I just break out into a dance. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it will be good. And those of you that are listening, we want you to be aware, too. We are changing the mass schedule on Easter Sunday. So if you haven't seen that in the bulletin yet, start spreading the word. Start spreading the news. The Easter schedule is different. Okay. Uh, Easter vigil at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Yep. But Sunday morning, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. 7.30 a.m. It'll be glorious. 9.30 a.m. 11.45 a.m. And then no Sunday evening mass. No Sunday evening mass. So what we're doing is we have three Sunday morning masses, but they are farther apart than in the past. Last year, it got pretty congested in between. We also have the Knights of Columbus. I, I've been using the word host. They are hosting the parking lot like parking. That. That's nice. They're they're taking charge. And it's helping. not valet, though. Don't get confused, people. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we could pay for the building if we charge for valet there parking. There you go. That's true. Or at least pay for the new uh, parking space. Uh, are we also letting it be known? Go ahead. Okay. You're the pastor. Make we're, the announcement. We're, we're going to do it. This, you are the first to hear this. We are going to have two Masses at 9.30. So there's a 7.30 Mass, a 9.30 Mass in church, and we expect the, the, the overcrowded to be so great. We don't want people out in the hallway or just listening in. Sure. So we're going to have another Mass, probably starting at about 9.33, 9.35 in Ron Conway. Yes. I'm kind of excited about that, Yeah. but I'm also happy that we have two priests. Father Jeff is going to be in town, Yeah. and so one of us will be in one place, one in the other, and uh, I, I'm glad to be able to revisit the old haunt of Ron Cowley Hall. I miss it. Yeah. It's as a, much as I like the church, I miss it. It's. Um, I've been kind of reflecting on that since we made the decision. It's, it's hard for me to come to terms with our little blessed John the 23rd has gotten to the point where we need to do this. And really for us, it's about, we want the Easter celebration to be 
top notch for all in attendance. And we know that on Christmas, you know, people standing in the hallway without being able to see or hear anything is not ideal. And we want, we want Easter mass to be a highlight of the, the highlight of the day for people. So, and so it's, it's going to be large. We're not going to do that at 1130 or 1145, but at 930 we will. Yeah. So good things are coming. However, we still have a, a couple good, weeks of Lent, a good portion of Lent to get the through. The third, fourth, and fifth Sundays of Lent are the ones that get changed from year to year to year. Sure. And we are Psycho C, and we've got perhaps the best known parable in all of the four Gospels. It's found only in Luke's Gospel. I was just going to ask that. It's found only in Luke's Gospel, the story of the father with two sons, usually called the... Prodigal son. Prodigal son. Do you know what the word prodigal means? I actually don't. I looked it up. I wouldn't have asked if I had not looked it I'm up. I'm glad. I, figured I looked you it up, and it's 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 extravagant. It's uh, uh, wasteful. Mm. It's like over the top. Mm. And so some people say the prodigal son. You know, he he took his half of the inheritance, and he went off to a distant land, and he spent it badly. Mm-hmm. And till he was broke. And then the famine came at that point and he was starving and he wanted, he finally decided to go home because, Hey, I'll come home as a hired hand. My, my dad hires all these people and they eat better than I do. Yeah. Okay. So not really good remorse, but it brought him back. But some people also say, so he was prodigal. He wasted. It was extravagant right. with, the, with, with what he had. Some people say the story should be called the prodigal father. Mm. Because the father was prodigal in the sense that he was so lavishly over the top in giving love to his kids. And my favorite scene of the whole story is the son is starting to come home and his head is drooping. He, he had gone out on his own and he was a complete failure. Yeah. And he had nothing to live for except he just wanted food. And he came home and he had it rehearsed. He was ready to say, my father, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. Just accept me back as a hired hand and I will be okay. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, his father's out there looking for him. Can you see that dad going out every day and looking down the road? Is When is my kid coming home? Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't not love him. Sure. And finally, he sees him far away as just a little speck. Did you ever see Lawrence of, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, the old movie? I have not. With Peter O'Toole. There's this incredible scene where they're looking out over the desert, all the sand in the Sahara Desert. You're looking out. It's beautiful, beautiful videography. Mm -hmm. And finally, there's a little speck out there, and you keep watching it, and the speck gets bigger and gets bigger. And here it turns out to be Lawrence is riding in on a horse. I thought maybe the pixels were going out on your TV. No, no, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) This was... Before it was pixels. Before pixels. Okay. Before B, BP. B, no, that's a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's that image that, okay, the prodigal son is coming down the road, and you could almost see the father put his hand over his eyes to cut out the glare yeah. so he can really focus. And when he gets a little closer, he can't contain himself anymore. And he goes running out. Mm-hmm. He goes running out. He doesn't say, Oh, yeah, the kid's coming home. No, he goes out there and he hugs him. And he, he just probably is crying. He's deliriously happy. Sure. Can I read that part of the passage? Would you please? 
So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. The son did not expect that. No. Our God is bigger than than we thought. I mean, this is why I've so enjoyed praying through that song this Lent. And I, a lot of people have said to me how much they are, they are appreciating it, too. Because time and time again in these stories, like I said at the beginning of Lent, there's this expectation, you know, this week, the expectation might be, well, the father says, where have you been? You know, you're not welcome back here. But And you, you blew it. Yeah. I, gave, I gave you everything you deserve, and there, there ain't no more. Sure. But it, it, he does the exact opposite of that. And I love, too, that even after when he saw him, before he moved, it talks about how he was filled with compassion. You know, it wasn't filled with rage or just happiness. There was a mercy there. There was a, a love. There was um, a, a, a hope. What's, what's the song? I think you're singing it this weekend. There's a wideness in God's mercy. Yeah, wideness in God. Be merciful just as your, our Father is merciful. Yeah. We're also singing Reckless Love this weekend. Which is wonderful as well. Yeah. So, you know, just about like this lavishness of God. And, I, you know, I talk time and time. Pro- prodigal. Lavish is prodigal. Yeah. Well, let's just change all the words to prodigal. There's a prodigalness in God's mercy. <laughs> um, but I have talked to people before that are, are just coming back to church maybe for the first time. And, you know, they'll say, you know, I didn't think I deserved to go to church. I didn't think God would give me another chance. I didn't think, you know, God could love me. Well, the truth is we don't deserve. That's what makes it so great. Yeah. You know, like the person, I've, I've told this story before, the person before the judge. And the judge is going to throw the book at the person. And, and the person says, uh, Your Honor, I plead for mercy. And the judge says, You don't deserve mercy. Mm. At which the person says, Your Honor, if I deserved it, it wouldn't be mercy. Mm. Mercy is always beyond what we deserve. Sure. It's free and compassion. There's a wideness in God's mercy. And now, the story's not over. Uh, at the Bible study, we debated, should Jesus have continued the story or just quit right there? Now, we're not going to second-guess Jesus, but Jesus... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Jesus made it bigger than that because then he talks about the other son, the son that's been out there working all these years. That's hard to be him. Probably, probably pent-up anger. He's probably mad. His, his brother left him. He had twice as much work to do. Uh, I suspect he always thought the father liked the other one better anyway. That's tough. How do you know? Well, I never felt that way. Clearly, my parents always liked me the best out of my brothers. (laughs) I wish my brothers... Do do your brothers listen to this? I wish they were listening to this. (laughs) But, um, you know, I don't think a child, until you're a parent... I've said this before. Until you're a parent, you can't necessarily understand uh how you can like equally spread your love across multiple people and so even you know when our first child was born i loved her in a way that i've never loved anyone before but then when our second child was born i feel like i caught the tiniest glimpse of how god is capable to love all of us equally so if if i can love my children equally as a human, 
how much more exponentially profound must that be for God? And, and it's not. Well, remember, I'm one of 13. So I didn't just get one thirteenth <laughs> of my mother's love. No, I've heard great stories about her. Yeah, actually, I got about 12 thirteenths of it. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest was spread among the other 12. Right. No, it, and then we think that way with God. How many billions of people are on the earth and God gives each of us a little bit of love? No, God gives us 100% of love yeah. for each one of us. So the other son does count as well. So the other son comes in. He's out in the out in the field working, and he hears that there's a party going on, and they're killing the fattened calf. Calf. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? You know, they must have this thing. Let's keep let's keep a fatted calf around just in case we have to have a party. <laughs> At our house is just broccoli. Yeah. We don't, we don't, okay. We don't keep the calf around. <laughs> take take the the broccoli out of the freezer. Right. <laughs> Ooh, Costco does have some good frozen broccoli. Do they? I, okay. I digress. So, no, they killed the fatted calf. So there's a big party going on. The musicians are already warming up. Uh, it's like there's a, something happening. And meanwhile, he's been out in the field. Now, what was he doing out in the field? We don't know, but it was very labor-intensive. Mm-hmm. So he was probably hot and tired and a little miffed because he was an angry guy. Sure. He, uh, we don't know if if he thought he'd be having to work for his dad the rest of his life. Right. In those days, you worked till your dad died, and then finally you took over the field, the farm. Uh, so he probably thought, I'm settled into this. This is the best I'm going to do. And then when the the servants say his brother is home, mm-hmm. did you notice what he says? He, he talks to his dad. Look, dad, all these years I served you. And not once did I disobey your orders. Not once. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you you slaughter the fattened calf. Unfair. You know, the word that comes to mind for me that is a... Um a, a pretty typical human emotion is jealousy. How if, often do we become jealous? If of, somebody else gets a break. Yeah. Or somebody else, somebody else gets the kudos that maybe we were a part of, but we didn't get it either. Or jealousy that, you know, somebody else gets to go, I don't know. I do the behind the scenes work and so-and-so gets all the acclaim. Sure. Jealousy can be a very ugly thing. This is even deeper than jealousy, though. This is total misunderstanding of what the father's all about notice he doesn't even claim the young guy as his brother he basically says this son of yours Hmm. you know almost like i'm not going to be his relative he's your son yeah but then the father turns it around and says my son you're with me always everything i have is yours but we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother is he, kind of bringing it back, bringing to it back. He's saying, come on, I want you to own him as well because your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and has been found. We must celebrate. Isn't that beautiful? We must celebrate. I think it would be interesting if the, if the story were to continue did the son say something else after that? I mean, I love the way that it ends. 
But well, someday when I'm retired, I, I know have, you. I, I <laughs> have this plan. This. I'm going to write the rest of the story for a whole lot of parables that, and not just parables, but other occurrences that take place in the Gospels. I'm just going to say what what would have happened after that part two. Yeah, the 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 sequel. Sure. According to Herb. The- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it'll get the imprimatur or not, but well, I don't know. I think anybody can kind of meditate on it. Sure. Well, I think that's you know con- contemplative prayer can take us there sometimes. Is let us be in the scene and and see the the images. What's beautiful about this story is that it's so vivid in its imagery. This is a really easy one just to kind of put yourself into and and kind of pray through and to allow yourself to be different characters. You know, yeah. you could be the father. You could. Well, be- there's there's a famous book. Father Henry Nowen, who's now deceased, but he wrote a book called The Prodigal Son. The Prodigal Son. I, I think have it. it. You have it. Yeah, yeah. It, a lot of people read it every year during Lent. Sure. It's three chapters. One chapter is the point of view of the son, the prodigal son, one of the father and one of the older son. Mm-hmm. But it's all based on the painting by Rembrandt that is in uh, the uh, museum in St. Petersburg, Russia. Not in your living room. No. No. <laughs> it's considered one of the greatest paintings ever. I, I've i looked at the pictures of it. I've never actually seen it. Uh-huh. It's the, the Hermitage Museum in, Rus- in Russia. And I've seen many pictures of it. I'm not a fan of Rembrandt because it's so dark. But that's part of the, the glory of it because you look at the source of light. Hmm. And where does the light come from? Yeah. It emanates from inside. It, it's like the, the light itself emanates from compassion and forgiveness oh. that's deep it is it is it's a uh, father now and uh, can reflect very well i would recommend that book and you can find it many places and it's very quick read and we have time during lent because easter's still three weeks away sure and still plenty of time uh to maybe find it at the library so maybe this week in addition to maybe finding the book we can just reflect on god's lavish love for us Prodigal love, reckless love, the wideness of his mercy, and, and rejoice the, in that. And the rest of the story. We'll see you this weekend. Bye.